Welcome back for episode 22 in our study of the book of Revelation. This episode is called The Great Tribulation. I'm Sam Bracken, your host, and our teacher is Dr. Breck England, who is discussing the book of Revelation through the lens of the temple. We are now in Revelation chapter 8. In our last episode, we discussed what happened when the Lord opened the seventh seal of a sealed book. There was silence in heaven for a half an hour, which refers to the half hour of silence that the people of Jerusalem observed while the daily incense offering and prayer were offered in the temple. It was a great prayer circle. Breck, what happens next after the prayer circle is finished? There's a trumpet that sounds, and it signals the morning of our mortal life. Uh, the great tribulation drama begins, as if uh, portrayed in the theater at Ephesus. You remember where John uh, works? There was a the, the biggest theater in the entire empire was there, and um, <clears throat> there were seven doors leading to the stage and these seven doors the scenes in the play would be played out so what we have in chapter eight we see seven angels enter the stage each one having a trumpet as if they were coming out of those seven doors they enter through that skene which is the the backdrop and they take their places by those seven windows as each angel sounds a trumpet you get a picture of uh, the destruction or the plague that is associated with that trumpet. So it's, it's like watching seven scenes in a row, if you can picture that in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> interesting, the Jewish year begins in, uh, in the fall. And the Jewish year starts with a feast called the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, which is the, uh, the head of the year. Uh, festival. And this Feast of Trumpets has a lot of symbolism for the Jews. It's as if calling, ye sleepers, awake from your sleep. Okay, it's the, it's the new year. And the Lord, in the scriptures, he called to Adam, awake, right? Mm-hmm. Just like that. This is the beginning of the so-called Kiddushin, the period in which the bride and the groom are going to have to prove their faithfulness. This is sort of what Adam and Eve awake, arise. It's time for you to, to start this journey, mortality. Now, when the seventh seal is broken, the entire book lies open, right? You can see the whole book now. Remember what this book is. It's called a what? A ketubah. A ketubah, <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. ketubah is a marriage contract. Contract, yeah, exactly, right, right. right. So when they open the seventh seal of the marriage contract, the whole plan is laid out Mm -hmm. of their lives together. It's all laid out. The plan is ready to be executed. So one scholar, Jacques Allil, the the French theologian, we've we've heard from, from him before, he says, quote, everything begins with the seventh seal. And what he means by that is the mortal journey begins there. So long as the seventh seal was intact, the breaking of the first six is still no use, right? Because you have to have the the whole book open. Mm -hmm. Then you can read and understand the whole scroll. What that means is that only through experiencing the mortal journey can we ever understand it. So Adam and Eve journey figuratively, right? Through the dreary lower half 
of the year, the fall and winter. You'll remember that in facsimile 2 in the book of Abraham, it was divided into two halves. Mm -hmm. The lower half represents the darker part of the year or the universe. And the upper half symbolizes the celestial or daytime. Okay. So um, this is what uh, a scholar named um, Jacques Chevalier, he's a Canadian historian of religion, very well respected. And he has studied this uh, the symbolism, he says this, quote, the seventh seal, he says, opens onto the equinox sun. That's, that's where the sun begins to fall below the equator. Mm -hmm. okay? And the, that's the fall equinox mm -hmm. in September. And the sun, in the view of the ancient world, they said, oh, the sun is beginning to weaken, right? It's dying. Mm -hmm. So this, he says, the symbols deployed in Revelation chapter 8 indicate a narrative moving in synchrony with the sun traveling south toward the abyss of darkness. And that closes the quote. Interesting to me, the fall of humanity takes place in the fall. Mm, very interesting. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. From this point, the Revelation story unfolds through seven stages, which you can liken to the days of creation. Seven days of creation, now Adam and Eve will experience a week of what um, two BYU scholars, um, Draper and Rhodes, they call it the decreation of the earth. What do you mean by that decreation of the earth? <laughs> well, that's the opposite of creation, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's like entropy. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Draper and Rhodes say this. Um, in the beginning, God expressed his creative power organizing the heavens and the earth but in John's work, we see the opposite happening. Everything's falling apart, okay? The decreation is the opposite of the creation. And just like the creation took seven periods of time, so will the decreation take seven stages, okay? And it will continue, uh, according to those two BYU scholars, it will continue up to the moment when the process of the new creation begins, when Jesus comes again. Oh, okay. That's the beginning of the new creation. Like when earth becomes yes, celestial. Yes, right? when, yes. And that's the term that's used in Revelation. The new creation mm -hmm. will occur when Jesus comes again. Cool. And just as creation took seven days, decreation also takes seven days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now, seven, that one eternal round, that's yeah, yes. coming back to seven. Right? Yes, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, during this decreation period, two great powers contend for the souls of Adam and Eve. Quote, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, the Lord says to Satan, who's the other great power. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. That's Genesis 3.15. So that's the enmity that troubles us throughout our mortal lives. And it ends only when the serpent's head is finally crushed. So in Revelation, that's what we're seeing. The playing out of the decreation period, which is the mortality test, the test of mortality. And so uh, that's what we mean by the decreation. That will end when Jesus comes again and there's a new creation. Mm -hmm. Now, another important symbol 
to remember or metaphor to remember here is the exodus of Israel from Egypt is the great metaphor for our mortal lives. The exodus was so meaningful to the Jews that they saw it as kind of a symbol of life. So what, what do you mean when you say that the exodus is a great metaphor for our mortal lives? The Israelites saw the escape from Egypt and, the, and the, the suffering in the wilderness, or rather the journeying through the wilderness, they saw that as, well, that's life. That's a symbol of, of life. Mm, okay. And they were subject, right, to the oppressive powers of Egypt, the, the Pharaoh, remember? Mm-hmm. And Israel escapes only after the Lord repeatedly curses and scourges the powers of Pharaoh mm-hmm. with plagues, you remember? Mm-hmm. And then God leads us by the hand through that valley of shadows to the promised land, mm-hmm. which symbolizes eternal life. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm tracking with you okay. there. Now, as Israel gathers for the last time, that is in, in our day, right? Similar calamities will fall, and they will fall on concentrations of power. Like it fell on Pharaoh, destruction will fall, and condemnation, judgment will fall on the centers of power. The judgments on the wicked says Elul says this, the judgments on the wicked conform to the pattern of Exodus. Certain themes in Revelation appear to derive directly from Exodus, such as the sequences of plagues, right, patterned after God's judgment on Egypt. Now, Egypt, you remember, also represented to, to the Jews the self-styled kingdom of Satan, right? The self-styled God of this world. He says, I am the God of this world. Mm -hmm. And um, he says this, calling people out from the rule of this oppressive overlord is the central pattern of revelation. Oh. So the gathering of Israel is also like the defeat of Satan. Gathering of Israel in the last days is just like the escape of the Israelites from Egypt. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Okay. The exodus from Egypt to the promised land symbolizes our passage from a celestial world to celestial glory. Elliot says this, the first exodus back in the day, right, is a type or symbol of the last exodus, which is in our time. But the latter infinitely surpasses the former, meaning it'll be much greater. The judgments will be much greater. The salvation will be much greater. And this applies to both the judgments and the deliverance from slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's important to note this, because one of the puzzling things about Revelation is the use of the number 42. The Israelites camped at 42 stations during the Exodus. And this number became very important to the Jews, because those stages, those 42 stages, to them, in their um, way of looking at the world. Those 42 stations represent mortal life as we move from captivity to salvation. And this is a quote from um, a great Jewish uh, scholar, Anna Perlberger. She says, the 42 stations from Egypt to the promised land are replayed in the lives of every individual as the soul journeys from its descent to earth at birth to its return to God. So the 42 stations become very, very symbolic. So it's like there were milestones, 42 milestones yes. of mortality. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Inter- interesting little footnote. Um, some Jewish sages 
believe that God created the world out of the 42 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's out of 42 letters of the alphabet. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. The Jewish alphabet, actually, it doesn't have that many letters in it, but they believe that God arranged the entire creation out of 42 letters mm -hmm. of, of the alphabet. So why is the number 42 so important in Revelation? Well, for John, uh, the number 42 signified the great period of mortal trial. Remember that Satan has power to tempt Eve's posterity for 42 months. That's in Revelation chapter 11, verse 2, and it's also in chapter 13, verse 5. A strange number. Satan has power to tempt Eve's posterity for 42 months. Mm. People go nuts over something like this. They go, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> okay, why 42? Or in chapter 12, verse 6, it's expressed as 1,260 days, which is 42 months. Okay, so, mm -hmm. so that expression of 1,260 days or 42 months or 42 days, those are all the same number. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, it also equates to three and a half years, mm. okay? All right? This number 42 becomes extremely significant in the mm -hmm. book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And this is what um, one uh, very fine uh, Catholic scholar says about this. Uh, his name is Johnson Putasuri. He says, according to this arithmetic symbolism, three and a half represents that which is partial. That is half of seven. Remember that seven symbolizes totality. Mm -hmm. Half of seven symbolizes imperfection. Mm, okay. Uh, that which is time-bound and imperfect, as opposed to seven, which is eternal and perfect. Mm, okay. okay. So three and a half, half of seven, was kind of code for uh, this is this is imperfect. This is temporary. This is um, this is not the eternal situation okay interestingly enough um the, the number 42 is six multiplied by seven okay. which which according to the jewish scholars means perfection missing the mark mm. <laughs> okay. okay very interesting all right here's another instance of the number 42 it occurs in uh, in the book of kings uh, when he's confronted with with the wickedness of israel the prophet elijah prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. And it rained not on the earth for the space of? Three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or 42 months. Right. So Israel repented only after suffering a 42-month drought. Oh, wow. Okay. Good thing it was temporary. <laughs> yes. The 42 months symbolized um, a period of trial. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the 42 months is more of a symbolism of times of trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the book of Daniel, he says, A king of fierce countenance will reign in the earth for times, time, and half a time. Mm. So two, so times plus a time plus half a time. That's three and a half, okay? Mm -hmm. Three and a half years or 42 months. Mm -hmm. Now, this king of fierce countenance is Satan, the false god of this world who will make war on the posterity of Adam for times, time, and half a time, until the Ancient of Days, who is Father Adam, takes the kingdom back at the end of the time, times, and half a time, 
the three and a half years. That's in Doctrine and Covenants uh, 116. Here's another interesting footnote. The, the mortal ministry of Jesus probably lasted 42 months. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. He, he shows us through his three and a half year ordeal how to travel the covenant path. So he spent three and a half years being tempted by Satan, mm -hmm. tried, tempted in every possible way, mm -hmm. just as we are. And he shows us how to endure the trial of the 42. So 42 is a symbolic number. It symbolizes our journey through mortality. Yes. It symbolizes the wandering in the desert, which typifies our trial by the adversary. Okay, so so how long, if I remember, it was a long time, like a whole generation of people. How long did the, did the Israelites wander in the desert? 42 years. <laughs> okay, now okay. it's all starting to make sense. Yeah. And they uh, also um, uh, camped 42 times. <laughs> okay. So this is the, the numbers get, yeah, it, get, it comes out everywhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So um, we, we can liken the 42 stages of the Exodus to our own spiritual journeys as, as we follow him, Jesus Christ. A uh, very fine New Testament scholar named Laura Dewan Kaplan wrote an article called 42 Stations. And in this article, she says this quote, the purpose of recounting. The 42 stopping places was to bring into the awareness of the people the full range of their development, moral, historic, and spiritual, which I think is really a, a wonderful insight. The 42 stages of Israel in the wilderness really is like our life, in which we develop. Uh, I mean, the Israelites made many mistakes along the way. They... Mm -hmm. They grumbled and mumbled a lot. They uh, rebelled. They had to fight uh, enemies. They had to fight hunger. And so so forth. It, it was a tribulation. Okay. Right. right. So is it fair, you know, my mother-in-law just passed away. And um, so is it fair that as she passed, she was, com she completed her 42 stages? Yeah. That's, that's a good way of putting it. She completed the symbolic 42 stages of life and went on into the promised land. Of what you you told me about your mother-in-law and how she was a very faithful and service-oriented person, and I have no doubt that she has entered into the promised land after the forty-two stages, which are not a literal forty-two, right? Forty-two right. came to be a code. It's right? symbolic for the yeah. the struggle. It's, it's a code word for yeah. the struggle. Yeah. Um, back nearly a thousand years ago. There was a very fine Christian thinker named Peter Damien. And um, he had this uh, insight, quote, During the exodus of the children of Israel from Egypt, there were 42 rest stops. And the coming of our Lord and Savior into the world progressed similarly through 42 generations. <laughs> if you read, read the book of Matthew... Uh, it starts the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, and you'll count the generations from Adam down to Jesus, and guess how many there are? Uh, 42. 42, yeah. right. So, <laughs> so that's, that's the lucky number. Yes, and symbolizes the history of the world up to the time of Jesus, 
a world without a redeemer. Mm -hmm. um, and so, says Peter Damien, in 42 stages, the host of the Israelites, as they moved through the wilderness, were said to be on a journey. Mm. Close quote. Now, in the book of Revelation, the so-called Great Tribulation lasts 42 months, a period of intense upheaval. This upheaval is social, economic, religious, political, and the Great Tribulation, the, the phrase itself occurs in Revelation 11, verse 2. Now, let me kind of summarize here. Individually, we each have our own 42-month or day or year passage to the promised land. An inheritance awaits us mm. there, mm. but only if we pay the price now right. of enduring through the 42 stages of uh, the Great Tribulation, which is our life. Right. Our, our mortal lives yeah. are the Great Tribulation. Yeah. We have to endure to the end to yeah. be able to receive the promised land, sounds like. Yeah, we can't obtain exaltation cheaply. Yes, makes sense. For um, the scriptures say, Doctrine and Covenants 58, only after much tribulation comes the blessing, right? Yeah. And that is a eternal truth. Only after much tribulation come the blessings. Right. Adam and Eve could not claim eternal life without paying that price of journeying through the 42 stages. Um, the Israelites went through 42 stages of tribulation before they could inherit the promised land, and that is the same for each one of us. Mm -hmm. In sum, the 42 or 1260 days or three and a half years, or whatever, is code for the trial of mortality. So just to be clear, we're not talking about a literal 42 months. No, the 42 months are symbolic. Sometimes it's 42 years, sometimes it's 42 days. Um, but the number 42 keeps, keeps, uh, keeps us focused on, it's a code word, right? It's a code number. I can imagine uh, an Israelite saying, um, boy, I've had a rough life, and the other one says, 42. <laughs> That's okay. very, yeah, very fascinating. I, I was fascinated when I was what I was watching a movie called The Life Universe and Everything in It, which is by Doug Adams. Mm -hmm. He asks the uh, universal computer, "What is the meaning of life?" And the computer says, "42." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I think Doug Adams is working off Jewish folklore. There, there you okay. go. Very interesting. Now, while the number seven signals one complete round, completion. Mm -hmm. The number three and a half indicates deficiency. Okay, It's a deficient world. Uh, it's like you say, it's a world of entropy. It's a broken number seven. This is what uh, James Resigui, who's a, a very fine New Testament scholar, says, quote, the broken seven is a temporal guidepost that corresponds to the significance of wilderness landscape in Revelation. Wilderness is an in-between space. It's between oppression in Egypt or Babylon on one hand and freedom in the new promised land on the other. So the three and a half times or years or days represent an in-between time that is marked by, by peril, 
of the sojourners, but also a time of blessing. Now, I want to come full circle back to the notion of the Kiddushin. Kiddushin is a Hebrew word that means the period between betrothal and wedding of the bride and bridegroom. So Kiddushin also refers to a time of proof, of proving. When the Hebrew word Kiddushin is used, it refers to, well, we will send them into the world and see if we can prove them now. We will prove them now herewith to see if they can be faithful. And that is what this is all about. That's what Revelation is all about. It's about this period of trial and testing. Right, just like in the before the marriage contract, um, there's a time of betrothal, and that's a proving time before yes, the marriage. exactly. Like, oh, that makes so much yeah. sense. So yeah. uh, thank so between you. between betrothal and marriage is the proving time. Proving time. Okay. So that's our mortal, that's our that's mortal, our mortal life. life. Next week, we're going to see what happens when... Uh, the first trumpet is sounded. I can't wait to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> okay. <laughs>